Hello and welcome to the Institute of World Mission podcast. As a cross-cultural missions enthusiast, you, no doubt, are watching carefully what happens in this world. The coronavirus pandemic is far from being over, as you know, and in fact it's on the rise in some countries of South America as we speak, wrecking havoc. And of course, in recent days, many large cities in the world witnessed mass demonstrations happening in solidarity to a renewed racial justice movement in the United States. Speaking of that, I'd like to highlight the recent statement by Pastor Ted Wilson, who is the General Conference President of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find the link to Elder Wilson's statement in the show notes, but I just wanted to underscore here to you the IWM podcast listener, a cross-cultural enthusiast and missionary, about the beautiful calling you and I have to represent Jesus in this world that is full of injustice and violence. Pastor Wilson does a great job upholding a better present and future in Jesus Christ. If you haven't had a chance to read, listen, or watch his statement, it's the right time to do this. Speaking of our calling, today... We have a special interview for you about the nature of our missionary call. It's important to think of it from time to time. Most importantly, today's interview is all about how we validate this call with participation of our family members. It's all about how we share this calling with our spouses and children. Let's transition to the interview itself. Welcome to the Institute of World Mission Weekly Podcast, a show for Adventist mission enthusiasts striving to live, serve, and witness cross-culturally. Visit us at iwm.adventist.org slash podcast to view this podcast's show notes, links, and previous episodes. Institute of World Mission is your partner in the mission field. Cheryl, welcome to the Institute of World Mission podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. Yes, you are the director. It is definitely wonderful to have you. And this is not the first time that uh, that we do an interview together. And usually when we talk together, we pay special attention to missionary families. It's a kind of a series we want to do uh, together. So thank you for being willing. And uh, today is a very special topic that you and I have uh, talked about and wanted to do for a long time, and it's how God calls missionaries. So let me ask you this first question um, before we go uh, deeper into this. What is a missionary call? Yeah, there is a difference between a call and a job, and sometimes we confuse the two of them. And and sometimes the wording that the church uses can confuse that as well. But the difference between a call and a job is that God calls whoever he will. And uh, you know, sometimes he calls us to do things that we don't feel like doing or we don't feel qualified to do. Whereas a job usually you're asked to do a job because you are qualified and it involves some kind of uh pay usually and status, some kind of title goes with it and responsibilities. Whereas with a call from God, this is a a, a very, it's much bigger than a job. He's asking us to serve him in ways that sometimes we don't know where it will lead. And uh, with a missionary call, sometimes it involves a job. Often it does. An actual job that you have a title and status and pay for. But a missionary call is bigger than just a job. 
it is God's putting a purpose to serve him in your heart and empowering you to do that bigger thing for him. Thank you, Cheryl. Now, um, often when we talk with missionaries face to face, especially in uh, the mission institute setting, um, there is a particular part where you talk of three kinds of calls. And um, this is quite revealing to people, I would say. And would you take time now and uh, actually present uh, these three levels or three types of calls? In the um, New Testament, I see, well, in fact, in the whole Bible, you see it from from the call of Abraham on, but I, I see three different kinds of calls. The first call is the call of God to every person on earth to become his disciple, to become his child. Come and follow me, Jesus says. Come and follow me. Come and, come and become a child of God, a disciple of him. That's the call to every person on the earth. Then the second call is where God takes those people who are his disciples and says to them, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of all people. I will send you out to witness, to, to share my love with other people. That's the call to all disciples. Please come and, and, and after you've followed him, after you've chosen to be his child, now you are to be his witness. And that witness can occur wherever we are, in the home, in the community, in the church, in the wider world. But then there's a third call. And that is a call where Jesus says, be my witness to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's the cross-cultural call, going a, a beyond cultural barriers, religious barriers, ge geographic barriers, to take God's love to people everywhere in the world. And that's the missionary call as we... we talk about it today, in which we have chosen to be God's child. We are his disciples. We have chosen to be a witness for him and to share his love with other people. And now we have accepted that he is calling us to be a cross-cultural worker for him, a cross-cultural missionary or witness for God. And, that, and we see that um, in uh, Acts 1, where Jesus says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, at home, in our, where we have always lived and, and grown up, in Judea, in the area around us, in the, in the country or the, the larger community, to Samaria. That's the people who are different from us, that are close by us, not too far away, but they are different. It's a cultural and geographic difference. And then to the uttermost parts of the earth, every part of the earth, across any barrier that is there. Those are the three calls that I see, and I think one of the lovely things I get to do is to work with people who have accepted all three calls. Right, and from what I'm hearing from you, it is, I guess it's a given that a missionary would be a person who is uh, truly converted at his or her heart, who is a disciple, who actually is able and willing to share with other people as opportunity arises or actively searching for those opportunities with people like them who, you know, who it's maybe in a way kind of natural to share with. And of course, those people are now in the mission field. So my point is, from what I'm hearing from you, um, missionaries are the people who have those prerequisites already covered. Otherwise, otherwise, we can't be a missionary in an, in name, but not really at heart, not according to God's call. Would I understand this correctly? Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of people who take jobs 
in other parts of the world. You know, in the global economic community we live in, many people work outside their home countries. They work with people and cultures who are different from them. That's not the same as a missionary. Now, they might be missionaries if God has called them to that in their work setting. But um, just going to live in a different place doesn't make you a missionary. What it makes you a missionary is when you've accepted God's call, all three of God's calls, but God's call to reach out to people who are in the uttermost parts of the earth. At this moment, Shiro, I would really encourage our listeners to share their questions with us. If you are thinking through your call, if you're thinking through the process God uh, puts you through, takes you through, uh, in terms of calling you for a certain ministry and how you've realized that in your life. And if there are questions you have with that, um, please write back to us, write to Cheryl, write to me. And uh, we, we really want to understand how you feel about your call, how you understand your call, so we can maybe in one of the future episodes go deeper into this uh, if there will be questions. Now, Cheryl, let's bring... The family in the, uh, the missionary family into the picture. So, uh, how does God include the spouse and the children in this process of calling a missionary? Yes. Well, I don't believe God ever calls just one person in the family to be a missionary. If God is calling a family into mission, then He is calling every person in the family to be a missionary. And that's parents, children. In fact. I would even go so far as to say that it includes the grandparents who are being left behind because they're also giving to mission. So it's a call to sacrifice for his service. And, and missionary families do sacrifice. And, uh, and so they must be committed as a family to the same call. Now, they may feel it at diff in different um, ways or at different, at different levels, you know, more intense, intense or less intense. Um, but in mission, we just cannot have uh, God. I just don't think God wants to have people who are who are kind of um, going into mission just because they have to feel like they have to. And so, uh, one of the first questions I will ask a missionary family is, how does the spouse who doesn't have the job, so to speak, feel about going to mission? How do each of the children, um, from the age of school age and up, certainly they have. A, a voice, a certain kind of voice, which increases with age uh, into how they feel about it. Do they feel excited? Do they feel God is asking their family to go? Do they want to be part of this mission that God is calling them to? So um, the family as a whole needs to feel called to be missionaries. So what I'm hearing from you is that if a spouse doesn't feel that God calls her for the same mission as her husband, um, or if the children really have a very difficult time, then maybe the family should really consider it very, very carefully and maybe not even take the international call for an international ministry. Do I hear this correctly, that that would be a genuine recommendation that we would we would have? Well, I, you know, I, I, yes, I would say that what they need to do is take the time to seek God's will. For each person, whether it's a husband or wife that is, that is uh, kind of following their, their spouse or uh, an older child, especially, um, you know, you can, you can um, not want to leave your friends and your home, but you can still feel God's call in your life. And so it can take time. 
uh, seek counsel. Either it can that can be professional uh, psychological counseling, can be spiritual counseling from trusted spiritual leaders, and um, and and of course from the Holy Spirit Himself. And if God really wants this family to go into mission, they will come together in their understanding of God's call in their lives. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. Maybe there's reluctance on one or the other, but eventually, if, if this is what they should do. God will make it clear to each person. I'm reminded just about a situation in our family, in my very own family the other night. Uh, one of our kids, one of our sons, uh, wanted the rest of us to watch or listen to a presentation. I don't remember what it was about, but the speaker touched on William Carey, who is regarded as the father of modern Christian missions. Uh, was a missionary to India, and as you know, presenter was just talking about what a great man he was and what all he accomplished and all that. So it was interesting. But uh, when the presentation was over, I brought to the attention of my family what happened with his wife Dorothy, that she never felt really cold. She never wanted to go, did go, and got so ill that basically her life was ruined. And yet. God had accomplished so much through the family. So are there exclusions from this rule? How do we reconcile, I mean, that kind of an extreme situation, of course, but still, how do we put that into a bigger picture? Yes, well, certainly uh, times have changed since the 18th century. And uh, the, the roles of husbands and wives, uh, we have increasing expectations of equality and decision-making than happened back in those days. And what really happened there, uh, historians have been a little uncertain what they thought she went mentally ill, whether that was because of the moving to the mission field or this was something that she carried with her into the mission field. And that's one of the things we have to say is going to mission service does not improve marriages that are struggling. It does not improve the family health if the family health is not good to start with. Sometimes people think if they make a major move, and everything will get better. That's not what happens. And those families that are, you know, if I, would, if I had William Carey coming to a mission institute today, I would say, slow down. God will take you there if that's what he really wants you to do. But let's, let's see what we can do to help your wife before you go. Um, you know, try to, try to go into mission with as whole and healthy family life as possible, a whole and healthy marriage as possible. Get the help, which, of course, was not readily available 200 plus years ago. So I think we, we need to uh, give William Carey a little pass here for, for having lived in a very different era. God certainly used him, and God uses all of us who, who are broken people, right? So even though we never, we never are, there's never the perfect family, there's never the perfect marriage, God still uses people in mission that, that uh, are broken, but he doesn't require us to sacrifice our families for mission, I would say. Um, that is not a bargain one has to strike with God. So Cheryl, from what I'm hearing, then as we consider God's call, as we are in this dialogue with God, whether he calls us for a ministry out there or not, then it follows that if we see some difficulties in our family, uh, maybe uh, it's a certain age of our children, high school age, or maybe it's uh, uh, any any other considerations where the family doesn't feel very strong together about the call, 
then maybe it's like you said it's time to, uh, to it's it's important to take more time and pray more because there there will be so many stressors ahead that it's not going to be easier it will be harder do i understand correctly that uh, this would be our understanding i think taking the time to seeking the help and the input uh, identifying the issues involved for each of the family members i mean i just um, it just happens quite frequently where there's a reluctance on the part of one spouse or a concern about children's education or something before they go and too often they haven't found a, a way of addressing that in the mission field and so come back within a relatively short time, which of course is not a total loss. She wouldn't say that at all. Uh, they still may have contributed well, uh, may have been a blessing to the family, um, but it is something to consider that if you see, foresee problems within the family, you must listen to it very carefully before you, before you make the final decision. And, uh, and seek the wisdom. I, I, I always uh, feel like there's about three different communities that need to feel, um, need to help, that can help the family make the decision about the call. Of course, the first, the first one is the family itself. Too, too often we find that, you know, I always, I always kind of joke with the parents that they will say to the kids, do you want to go to the mission field? And when the kids say, no, I don't want to leave my friends, they say, Oh, but you'll like it. And they, you know, so they're really not giving the children a choice at all. There really isn't been clear communication there. So we need to clearly communicate with our, with our children and with our spouses, really talk deeply, seek the Lord together as a family, as a community of family. And the older the children are, the more that needs to happen. By the time they get to high school level, this needs to be very, very clearly a, a family discussion. So that's the first community. The second community is the, the larger extended family. Uh, and sometimes that's problematic. If you have family members that are not uh, Christian or are not engaged in mission, they, they may create problems for you. But if the, the extended family supports a mission, then that's another kind of indicator that, of God's call. The third community is the, the wider church community. Is the church calling you there? Is there support for this place that you're going, both from the church community you're currently in, your pastor, your uh, other church members, as well as the church community into which you are going? So those are three communities where the discussion needs to happen. And if there's a consensus on all three, then you can feel really clear. Because God speaks to us through our communities. And uh, so we can take that serious. That's, that's considered their godly communities. Like I say, if there's part of that community that isn't believing, practicing Christian, then that makes that more difficult. Communication with all communities is very important. Love this. Now, let's shift gears just a little bit and talk about families that are already in the mission field. So they've kind of gone through all these conversations. They have felt uh, the support of the three communities. They feel that God calls them on those three levels that you touched on in the beginning of this interview. Now they're in the mission field. And of course, now they're facing all the stressors, all the adjustment needs, uh, all the culture shock, all of this. They are going through this and it's not easy. It's, 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 uh, it's a difficult job to do. Um, now, what 
kind of questions people ask and how should they respond to those questions in terms of, well, maybe God didn't call me here, you know, what, was it sure that God called us to be here? Maybe we should go back. So how would you address that? You know, one of the important things I've seen is, is that generally by the time people get to the mission field, they have had some real miracles happen in their lives. They have seen God's hand at work. And it's really important to document those, to repeat those, to tell the story, to remind each other of how we got here. I think almost every missionary family has those kind of stories where they see God's hand at work in their lives, whether it's as simple as something providing somebody to buy your house within three days or, or, or miraculously after three months with no, nothing, somebody comes along and offers you uh, what the price you're asking or, or a place to leave your family dog or, you know, just those are small things or the bigger things where God has provided a visa where nobody has been getting visas or, you know, many other kinds of, of, of happen, happen things that are in our lives where we see God actually at work bringing us to the mission field. Those stories need to be repeated in the family. And they need to be repeated, repeated and retold so that we remember that we're here because God has brought us here. Maybe some, for some people it isn't as concrete as that. Maybe it's more of a, the inner sense of God's call. They, in a time of prayer, they just felt God's hand on them saying, go to the mission field, you know, re- repeat those stories. Keep those alive. You know, we're, we're told that we don't have to fear the future unless we forget the past. And so we need to remember how God has led us in the past. That helps the sense of calling. But I would say to you that there's a lot of missionaries out there who wonder, am I doing any good? <laughs> Did God, why is God, you know, okay, so God brought me here, but what difference has it made? What, uh, why, why am I putting up with what I'm putting up with? And for that, that's another task we have to take to God and say, what am I to learn here? So I think too often we forget that being a missionary is as much about learning as about teaching. It's as much much about receiving from God as giving God's grace to others. And so the processes that we go through sometimes that are discouraging or in in some other ways disheartening, are those processes that God can use in us if we are open to, to, his, to his hand in our lives. So I don't know if that helps. Uh, certainly it's hard, and I don't discount in any way the difficulties that missionaries face that seem totally insurmountable. It's very interesting, Cheryl, because many times our jobs... Um, may be routine for us. Maybe it's uh, our professions or uh, just our professional skills that we use, uh, accounting, uh, anything else that uh, that we may be into while in the mission field. And then people begin to feel like you described, you know, am I making a difference? I'm just doing, you know, what this, this little thing, or maybe not that little, but still it's pretty routine. Very interesting through the many years of uh, of observing missionaries, being with missionaries, being a missionary myself, I've seen people taking steps to actually uh, make a difference in somebody's lives, even if in a small way. There was a huge uh, refugee crisis uh, during um, some of the years uh, in the mission field when Amy and I, we were in the mission field. We saw the missionary community truly pour their hearts out to those people. 
family by family. They were just doing something small, uh, trying to do it on a regular basis. And when I see things like this happening, when missionaries are opening their hearts to other peoples in the local community, then I believe, you know, this feeling changes. They believe to see God maybe using them a little more. Uh, and uh, the feeling of being cold solidifies and, and uh, takes deeper root. Would you feel the same way or how, how would you feel about that? Oh, absolutely. I, I hear many stories. If, if we're in that place, what difference do I make? Then we ask God to show us what difference we make. And oftentimes he provides us with either to see in our actual job itself the difference that we're making or, or in the community at large. I, I can remember at one point I had two babies in diapers and I lived in the bush with, you know, no electricity or water was scarce. And, and it just seemed all I did was spend my days with babies and taking care of beggars at the back door and making sure everybody got fed. And I, I remember reading in Christ Object Lessons where Mrs. White is reflecting how many people want to have some great work to do. And we forget that to do the small tasks that God has put at our hand today. And so at that point, I said, well, God, I will try to do change these diapers the very best I can, and I will try to make the very best food I can, and I will try to be as gentle and helpful as I can to everybody who knocks on my back door, you know, and just become the person that God is asking you to become is extremely fulfilling. <laughs> Cheryl, uh, we don't do this every time, but I wanted to ask you to pray on air uh, for missionaries okay. because... This particular topic of being sure that I, as a missionary, am called by God, and today He wants to use me walking that walk with the Lord in the mission field. I believe when this is present in our missionary daily routines, daily lives, we are happy people. We are fulfilled. We are called. And for this, we need to come to God, and God desires so deeply to, to come closer to us. So if you would be willing to conclude this interview, to actually pray out loud on air for missionaries to experience this from day to day, to experience God's call in their lives every day. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you as your children. We have accepted that you have asked us to be your child and to be your witnesses, and you have placed us where you would like us to serve you. And yet sometimes we feel discouraged or we feel unused. We feel our talents are not being well used, even maybe our education is not being well used here. Or we're feeling that the people around us don't appreciate all the hard work that we're doing. Or we may feel just that we are overworked and burned out. Whatever that is, Lord, I pray that you would put in each missionary's heart the sense of your calling. Make it alive and, and uh, strong in their lives, that you have your hand on their life. You have led them and guided them in the past. You have brought them to this place. You will continue to uphold them, heal them, comfort them, and bring them through whatever difficulties they face. Lord, I think of each of the children in the family. Some As they grow, their life needs changes. Parents don't always know how to answer the needs of the children. I pray also that the children would find in you their answer, 
that they would become children who are led by your spirit and aware of that leading. And as the, for the family as a whole, Lord, I pray that you would draw their hearts together in you. Make them your family, that you are indeed a part of that family circle, that you are leading and guiding them in where they live, in what work they do, in the kinds of schools they attend, in the communities that they choose to join, in the inner life that they lead. I pray, Lord, that you would bless each part of their lives. Grow in them that which you can best use. Give them, I pray, resiliency, trust in you, confidence in your leading, and ability to serve you well wherever God has placed them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We are moving into summer month for the North Hemisphere, or... Conversely, very much moving into the winter months for the South. Whichever it is for you, it probably means change of weather, maybe new projects, new seasons. At Institute of World Mission, we're excited to continue serving you as part of a global community of missionaries. We've got ideas and plans lined up for this summer. In fact, I can't wait to be sharing with you uh, what those are. And today, you might want to take note that next week, June 18, June 18, next week, Thursday, 8 a.m. Eastern U.S. time, we will have a global live event, a webinar devoted to family and marriage issues at the time of social isolation and distancing. To register, find the link in the show notes. You are very much invited. My name is Alex Ott, and on behalf of the IWM team, I wish you many blessings. Till next Wednesday. Wednesday.